Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Pastor Christy Amira Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. And Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouche, my father in the natural and in the faith, I'm so honored about that. And uh, thankful. And he spoke to me about this word, and I'm going to share this with you today. And it's very fitting because we're going to talk about our authority. And um, our authority is not based on who we are. Let me explain what I mean by that. Our authority is, is based on who God has made us, but our authority is dictated by who gave us the authority? How many of you know that somebody may tell you, uh, well, where did you get the, that authority? Where did you get that right? How many of you know you can't go around just exercising authority that you don't have? You can't go up to somebody and say you're under arrest if you're not uh, authorized how many of you know you can't just go up to a car and say, hey, get out of this car, it's mine? Uh, no, you, you can't do that. How many of you know you have to be given authority in order to utilize authority? So if you go to Matthew in chapter 7, we're going to look at our supernatural authority. Because our authority is dependent on who Christ is. Because Christ is the one who gave us authority. That means that if your situation can't tell Jesus no, then it should not be able to tell you no. If a devil cannot tell Jesus no, I won't come out, then that devil should not be able to tell you no, I won't get out. If a sickness can't tell Jesus no, I'm going to stay here, then a sickness should not be able to tell you no, I'm going to stay here. Because you don't come in your name. You come in the name of Jesus Christ. And you don't come in authority that you made up. You come in authority that God has given you. And so if we are not acting in presumption, right, then our authority is functionably uh, uh, powerful. And so in Matthew in chapter 8, and it says in verse... uh, 28, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine or his teaching. The Phillips translation says they were astonished at the power behind his teachings. How many of you know it doesn't do any good to teach if there's no life in that teaching? You know, you could go to hell with a head full of information. But you shouldn't. And we don't want you to go to hell. We want you to go to heaven. That's why we're not teaching what's empty. We're not teaching what's empty. 
Jesus did not come with an empty promise. He did not come saying your healing will come one day. The kingdom of God will come one day. God will do something about it one day. No, he came and said the kingdom of God is upon you. The kingdom of God is within you. Be healed. Be free. Be forgiven. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says that people were astonished at the power behind his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority. The Philip says, for his words had the ring of authority and not as the scribes. How many of you know that word authority? I am I. What's that word authority? That's good. What is it in Greek? Exousia. And that word means power. It means authority. Isn't that right? It means legal right. It means conferred authority or delegated authority. Hit the person next to you say, wake up, you need this. And so in chapter, let's look at chapter 8 and and verse 5. Are you with me? So we see that Jesus' words were not empty. Thank God. And someone said, well, of course they weren't empty. Jesus is Jesus. He is the word become flesh. Well, why would he then delegate to you some kind of a, 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 a diseased authority, a corrupted authority, a weak authority? Why would he come live in the flesh a life that he did not want to give you the ability to uh, follow in his footsteps and walk that way? He said, I don't say anything unless I see my father say it. I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. I am not coming to you in my name. Listen, if anybody, if anybody could come in their own name, Jesus could. But he said, I don't come in my own name. I come in the name of him who sent me. Why? Because Christ walked in delegated authority so that when he gave us authority, we would be able to walk in delegated authority and not have stupid questions to ask God. Hallelujah. That, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> so, you know, don't get offended because I didn't give you the shoe. You put it on. <laughs> I didn't give you that shoe. It was over there. You're the one who said it was yours. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only. Now, I want to stop here and I want to show you something first. Um, how many of you, when you read these words, I am not worthy, you think, wow, how humble of the centurion. 
Well, we think that, how humble of the centurion, but how many of you know that it was not that he degraded his level of authority. It was that he acknowledged Jesus' level of authority. See, because if you do not acknowledge authority, then you won't be able to walk in authority. Because your authority is not based on who you are on your own. It's based on who gave you that right. How many of you know that there's jurisdiction? If you are an officer and you go out of your jurisdiction, you don't have the right to do certain things because it's outside of your jurisdiction, meaning that authority is not something that we just put on because we talk loud or assertive, even though that helps. Authority is because we were given the legal right to operate in that jurisdiction. So when Jesus Christ walked on the planet, he did not do it for his own good. He did it for our good because he did not need to die on the cross to be free from sin. We needed to be free from sin. That means that everything that he did in his earthly life was so that he could win the victory on our behalf so that then when he said go in my name we would know what kind of authority we were walking with and so too many times you know when when i'm going to stop here for a moment and, and show something when we see moses and moses had every excuse to give god about why he could not go and be the mouthpiece that god wanted him to be Remember, he said, I cannot talk. And he just went through it. And Jesus said, what is that in you? Excuse me. God said, what is the word? But God said, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Now, remember that staff was his sign of authority. Wasn't it? And so he carried that to the Red Sea. And when he encountered a situation, God said, stretch forth forth thy rod. Why? Because God was showing him, I already gave you the authority to take my people out of Egypt. I already gave you the authority to finish this mission. I already gave you that authority. Stretch forth your rod. And when he did, the Red Sea was opened because the authority that was backing him up was not the authority of his race. It was not the authority of his lineage. It was not the authority of his citizenship. It was not the authority of his education. It was the authority of God that God had given him because God never sends you on a mission unless he gives you the authority to complete that mission. He does not send you ill-equipped. He does not send you without his power. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, Many people would stand at the Red Sea and ask God to do something. God, do something. Do something, God. Do something. But how many of you see that God will do something if we do what our part is to do? God does not back up somebody that won't step out. He he doesn't back up no words. He backs up their words with signs following Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so in Matthew in chapter 8, 
uh, we see this centurion man. And so he, he was, of course, humble. But he was also, the reason for his humbleness was because of the recognition of Jesus' rank. He knew who Jesus was. Remember when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, she didn't recognize who Jesus was. Remember, she was offended because he wanted water from her well. And he was the wrong race to come to that well. And so he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that speaketh to thee, you would ask of me. So how many of you see she didn't recognize who she was talking to? She didn't recognize who she was dealing with. If she did, she would have asked of him rather than thinking he was trying to get from her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so Matthew chapter 8, and so he said in verse 9, well, well, let's look at verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now, how many of you see, he said, I am a man under authority. The root translation says, For I too, man, a man who derives his powers from above. I too derive my powers from above, meaning that the uh, uh, the rank above me has delegated to me certain authority, and I too am a man under that authority. I too have received authority. I too have been delegated authority. Now, somebody lift your hands up to heaven and shout glory three times. And so this is important to us because we have to know where does our authority come from? Too many times people step out with their authority. You know, they go, they go out from a meeting. They're filled with faith. They're filled with the power of God. They, they, you know, they get in prayer. They start speaking to things in the spirit. They start telling things to line up. They start dealing with this and dealing with that, right? And then when they encounter something that is is in essence the enemy saying, well, who are you? Then too quickly they think, yeah, that's right, who am I? Instead of thinking, who am I? Do you know who gave me authority? Do you know who called me? Do you know who foreknew me? Do you know who died so that I could be free? Do you know who took stripes on his back so I could be whole? Do you know who sent me? Hallelujah. I don't come in my name. You can't give me a face and wonder about my height and my size and my authority in myself. I don't come in my own name. I come in the name of him who sent me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated. And so that authority, that authority is, is authorization. You have been authorized by God. 
You have been, what, what, have, what have we been authorized to do, Pastor Christy? Well, you have been authorized to do everything that God sent you to do. You have been authorized to do everything God sent you to do. You have been authorized to, in his name, cast out devils. You have been authorized to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You have been authorized to cast down every imagination and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You have been authorized to use your spiritual weapons. We don't wage carnal battle, but our weapons are mighty and powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. We've been authorized. We've been designated. We have jurisdiction. Well, where is our jurisdiction? Well, earth is our jurisdiction. (laughs) And so anyway, let's keep going. Jesus, uh, 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 let's go and see what happened. In verse 13, Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. The good speed says you shall find it just as you believe. The, the Weymouth says it must be done for you as you have believed. This one's my favorite. And your reward shall be equal to your faith. Now, faith in what? I, too, am a man who derives his power from above. His faith was in knowing that Jesus was sent by God, sent of God, authorized by God. That's why the Bible says if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you receive a, and if you receive a prophet in the name of a, you receive a, hallelujah. And so we're not like the woman at the well who says, who are you to drink of my well? We are the ones who say, I recognize who I'm speaking with. I recognize who you are, and I recognize who sent you. And so here, here, here's water from my well. And while I'm at it, let me get some of that water that, that you said that I can drink of and never thirst again. Hallelujah. Well, let's go a little bit further in Matthew. Are you with me today? Yes. Let's, let's go to Matthew and chapter 12. Actually, let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Let's go there first. And we're going to look into, uh, we'll start with verse 1. Are you with me today? And Global Church, those of you joining on the broadcast, stay with us today. Go in the word of God with us. 
And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. (laughs) I love this. God is so good. How many of you are thankful that he doesn't just deal with the outside? He deals with the inside. God doesn't just heal you, uh, you know, in the areas that are the most obvious. He heals you in the secret heart's desire, you know. He doesn't just give us uh, what's necessary for the outside. My God, he changes and transformed us from within. Hallelujah. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your heart? For whether is easier to say. You know, do you ever wish there was instant replays, you know, for some things? Like, you know, you could rewatch this in heaven? Because, you know, I, I can't help but think that this must have been the, the most satisfying uh, thing to say. Uh, if you were Jesus, I just, I would love to see what facial expression he used and what kind of, you know, how many of you, you know, I know we're not many of many people don't think like that, but this is very, I mean, he didn't even let them talk. He's just answering their thoughts and he's for weather is easier to say, which is easier thy sins be forgiven thee or to say, arise and walk. Mm. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth. Who? So that you would know that God gives man power on earth. So that you would be convinced that God delivers authority to mankind on earth. My God. To forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. And that word is the word authority. Exousia. Conferred, my goodness, you, you have supernatural rights. 
You have supernatural delegated authority. You, have, you don't show up in your own name hoping that the enemy listens to you. You've been given authority over all the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. You've been given authority to walk on scorpions and snakes. You've been given authority to lay hands on the sick. You've been given authority to declare that every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will condemn it. You have been given authority to know that every weapon formed against you shall not prosper. Hallelujah. God, Jesus Christ stood in on your behalf so that when he won the victory, you would have authority to stand on his behalf. That's what it means when we go in his name. It means that we are authorized by him. Glory to God. You may be seated. And now... We'll go to uh, chapter 12. Chapter 12, is that where I told you to go before? Yeah. And uh, when you're there, say, I'm there. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Guess what that word is? (laughs) What is it? And what does that mean? He gave, shout it like an army. He gave them authority against unclean spirits to cast them out. Now somebody said, well, yeah, Pastor Christy, but this is the 12. You know, uh, after the apostolic age, when the the 12 uh, went on to be with the Lord, we don't need that authority anymore. You're telling me that the authority and the blessing that they had prior to Calvary is greater than what we have post-Calvary? See, if it was better for Jesus to be on the earth, then he would not have said, it's better for you that I go away. Why is it better for you that I go away? Because if I go, I will send the... Who's the comforter? Is the Holy Spirit also the empowerer? Is the Holy Spirit also the authorizer? Is the Holy Spirit the punch that backs up your authority? Is the Holy Spirit the one who endues you? The one who empowers you? The one who clothes you? The one who fills you? Hallelujah. No, our authority is greater post-Calvary than it was pre-Calvary. And he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Notice all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Isn't that right? And so the the 12 went out with authority to cast out devils. How many of you know he didn't just send 12? We know that he sent the 72 with power. And authority. And they came back with great. That's right. They came back with great. Even the. Are. They're what? What does subject mean? Underneath. That's exactly right. Even the devils have to bow 
to the authority you gave us. Even the devils are subject unto us in your name, by your authority, by your power. Even the devils have to hear us. Well, we know that some of those that were sent out and delegated by God became so infamous that the devil said, Peter, Paul I know, and Jesus I know, but who are you? They started to even know him because he was so filled with the authority and the power that he had been given. Hallelujah. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Glory to God. Well, how many of you know you won't get a who are you because you're not stepping out trying to do something you haven't been given authority to do? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't step out on presumption. You step out on legal right. You have to know what the word of God says and you have to live according to what the word of God says. And you've got to know your spiritual rights. You got to know your spiritual rights. You got to know what God gave you freely. You got to know what, what's in your arsenal spiritually. The only way for an enemy to not listen to you is if your authority is not greater than that enemy. But the Bible says greater is that is than he. Oh, so you are already filled with an authority that's greater than everything that's in this world. You're already empowered with an ability that's greater than that is in this world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Ghost. Thank you for your power. Thank you for for what you gave us on the day of Pentecost. Thank you that that was the birthday of your church. We were birthed in power. We were birthed in fire. We were birthed with ability. We thank you, Father, for that delegated authority that you have given us on the planet, that everywhere the soles of our feet touch, you have given us that land. We thank you for that authority. Hallelujah. And your authority and my authority grows when our faith grows. See, we've got to grab it in faith. Just like Jesus told the centurion, let your reward be equal to your faith. Faith is not something that we try to work up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And that those are, those are good things. We know there's levels of authority. We know that there was a, a, a time when Dorcas was sick and they called Peter to come and raise her up. Now, there were other believers there, but their authority, their faith had not grown to that level yet. So they called the apostle to come and deal with the situation. We know that when Philip went out and evangelized, he had to call for the apostles to come. And when the apostles came, some of the witches and warlocks began to manifest in a different way because the level of authority was greater. And therefore, the ejection of those spirits had to happen. Hallelujah. 
And so we, we do not, we recognize that there are levels. We recognize that we are growing. We recognize that there is no condemnation when we experience a battle that we need our leaders to agree with us about. That does not mean that there's condemnation. God gave some gifts in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The Bible says that he set them in the church. He put them in places of authority. He put them in places of leadership. We're not all the same, but we are all called to work together. So we don't get upset because one member of the body has a level of authority that is higher than another level of the body. The Bible says, Paul is clear. He says, everyone is not the same. Not everybody has the same gift. Not everybody works in the same way. How many of you are with me? And so we've got to stop thinking that when, you know, when you're, when you're joining us uh, by broadcast, you've got to stop thinking, well, you know, if, if my authority won't deal with this situation, then I'm not going to go to anybody else because, you know, I, I need to let my authority grow to, you know, whatever. Listen, you're one body. You are one body. That means that if there's another, if there is a leader in the body that God has given you as a gift, then that leader is not something outside of you. That leader is some, someone in the body that you are connected to. So if you need that prayer, if you need that agreement, it is not a cause for condemnation. We have been given gifts, some of which are not in us. They're in the body in other areas. It would be silly. Hit the person next to you and say, wake up, you need this. It It would be silly for me to get up here and try to be every part, every harmony in the choir, every instrument on the altar. That would be silly. I'm not every part. I'm my part. But it's not a song without all the parts. And it's not a song without one unified direction either. We can't all just get up here and play whatever song we want to. We got to play what the leader says we're playing. How many of you are with me? And so it's not condemnation to have another part of the body that has a greater level of faith and authority in a specific uh, 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 arena. God's given us that gift. That's somebody in our family. Not somebody on an opposing side. I am not competing with somebody else in the body. I am joined with them in the body. And if they have a different gift, then I'll be a harmony with that gift. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we're not all everything. We are us. And perfection in God is obedience in God. And so when you're obedient to God, then, then whatever your part is becomes harmonious with what God is doing. There are too many people who think that their part is the entirety of the mission. I didn't want to say any of that, but, but listen, when I'm singing, and, and I have to use this as an analogy, but when I'm singing and, and I have, and I, and, and I'm, uh, and behind me or with me, 
Okay? There are harmonies. There is a, a rhythm. There, there, is, there is a chord progression undergirding that song. There, there are these, these different things that are working together. How many of you know that I don't need to worry about their part? I don't need to worry about their part. I just need to do my part. Well, if there was a, if there was a, a, a discrepancy in another part, you would feel it. You would have to f- want to fill in that space. You would, now I know, I know I'm talking to mixed people. Maybe, maybe some of you don't, you don't, how many of you know enough about music to know what I'm talking about here? You can sense when there's a hole somewhere, right? And so then you have to go and try to fill that hole. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm talking about the body of Christ. When you're in the body of Christ, you don't need to worry about doing their part. You need to do your part and know that if you do your part and they do their part, then we're going to be in sync. We're going to be as one. We're going to be united in the call and the mission of God. Hallelujah. There are people that have special giftings in specific areas. There are others that have special giftings in other areas. Not everybody has a voice to sing in front of the people, but everybody has a voice to sing to God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so there's differences of giftings in the body. Some people are not gifted in the area of organizing people. That's a gifting. There are governments, the Bible says, that are set in the church. But every individual is important to be organized. So how many of you know that the organizational gift impacts every person, no matter if they have that gift or if they don't? There are some that have the gift of uh, prophetic word in other tongues. There are some that have the gift of interpreting that. Maybe somebody has both gifts. But could you imagine being somebody that has the gift of giving a word in tongues, but then the person who has the gift of interpreting isn't there? How many of you know that we need every part of the body? Glory to God. And so I, I didn't say that to cause confusion. I, call, I said that to bring clarity. We need every member of the body. And so there are people who would say, well, there are no differences in the body. Well, that's not accurate. That's silly. If everybody on this platform sang the same part, it would not be a harmony, a song, a symphony. It would be one part of the song. But yet we think that the church is all just called to do one thing and be the same part. That's not a symphony and that's not a body. That's just a member. If you have a finger on the floor by itself, you do not call it by name. You do not say, uh, Carl, come. Because it is not Carl. It is a finger. You cannot have a body without diversity of operations and diversity of giftings and submission one to another. You gotta you can't say, well, the elbow is connected to the kneecap. I'm sorry. 
You can't, you, the elbow's not connected to the kneecap. If it is, you got tied up and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> We're not all the same. We're not all apostles. We're not all prophets. We're not all evangelists. We're not all pastors. We're not all teachers. But we are all members of the body of Christ. And we've all been given gifts. Some of us have the gift of giving other tongues. Some of us have the gift of interpretation. Some of us have the gift of government. Some of us have the gift of helps. Some of us have the gift of... How many of you know there are many gifts? But they're all important. But we can't all be one part. Because then it's not a body. I cannot see. Okay, hey, this is one finger. Come on, Carl. We're going to church. You cannot be a body if you're just one thing. So we cannot be a church if we're just one thing. We cannot be an army if we're just one thing, there is no army that is just one level all the way across the board. No, there's a general, there's colonels, there, there, there are different areas, there are different uh, uh, groups. You know, what do you call the different groups in the special forces? There's different specialized sections, which are all good for different things, and they're all important. I don't want my liver to try to be my lungs. I don't want my heart to try to be my tongue. I don't, I want every part to do what God ordained that part to do in my body. And I love every single part of my body. I want every fingernail to stay put. I want every toenail to stay put. I want every hair on my head to stay put. Hallelujah. You can't, one member of the body cannot tell the other member of the body, I have no need of thee. Well, somebody said, well, why is that important when you're talking about authority? Well, it's very important. Because I I cannot have authority if I do not know what authority is. See, if if, if my father, who is my apostle, delegates to me what to do in a gathering, and I get up here, and I do whatever I want to do, and I step on his authority, then I will not be anointed by God to have authority. I will not. Because I was delegated authority by my apostle. And I'm called to do what he sent me to do. And if I don't understand that, then my authority will be broken. Now, many people don't like that because they're like, no, 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 no. You know, that, that's your apostle, but that's a man. That's not Jesus. Jesus came as a man. Everything he did with the church was as a man, anointed by God, with authority given from heaven. And the reason that he did that is because he delegated the authority of this planet to men and to women. And if we don't believe that, then we will never operate in the fullness of the authority that God has given us. Now, listen, if in the, you know what? I'll go a step further. The Bible says there's the first commandment given with promise. What is it? Honor your father and your mother, and so shall your days be long or your life be long. Okay, listen. Now, first of all, lift your hands up to heaven and say this. Pastor Christie Pastor Christy. is not saying this for those of us who do not have godly parents. Okay, because you can't even read that scripture. Without having conviction and, 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 and well, it's really not conviction, it's condemnation come in. That, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? If your parents are, are sin on a stick, you cannot, 
you cannot do what they say to do. You're, you're, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, you know, I, I know that some people come from families where they're not blessed with godly parents, right? So that's not what I'm talking about. That's the exception. But let's talk about that promise. Now, what, what, why, where does God get off telling kids that they have to be obedient to man? I don't follow any man. What if your kid said that to you? (laughs) Right? How many of you know you'd be like, okay. I don't, I don't follow any man. So how many of you see that if you, if you, in your house, you allow your kid to uh, reject authority. then they're going to grow up wild. You're not helping you by correcting them. You're helping them by correcting them. And so if, if they, if they reject your authority, how many of you know that you're not going to send them out on your behalf? You're going to be like, Hey, you know, yeah, sure. A wild rebellious child, go out and speak to my business partner. And no, because you can't trust them with authority because they don't believe in yours. They don't believe in yours. And so God, God has set, it, it, is, it is not a tyrannical rule if you are a father or a mother. Reverend John spoke about this. How many of you know it would be silly if your kid was like, you're a tyrant. What do you mean clean my room? I'll do whatever I want to. No, because that's not how a house is. And I know that we're losing people. Some of you can't laugh at this. That's okay. That's okay. There is an, there is an order of authority in your very body. So you can disagree me, disagree with me in your brain, but right now there is an order of functions that is taking place in your body. And if your body is rebelling against itself, you need a healing. And so the same thing is true when you're in a family, the father and the mother are the matriarch and the patriarch of that home. There's an order that's beneficial, not just for the mother and father, it's beneficial for the child. And if your child rebels against your authority, they are not going to be who you entrust with authority in your house. And so the same thing is true when we're talking about God. God sends us his gifts. And, and the body of Christ, in all of our different diversities, in all of our different functions, we are called to be submitted one to another. We are called to recognize, now I know who my father and mother in the faith is. Many of you, you know who God has set as your authority. And as long as you believe in that authority, then your authority will function on another level. Now, we know this is the truth. How many of you know, because when, you, when we look in the word of God, we see that those who went out, Lavelle, and tried to cast out that devil, and they said, Jesus, whom Paul preaches. How many of you know that devil kicked their butt. 
Why? Because they didn't have delegated authority. They were operating in presumption. They had heard about it and tried to jump on the bandwagon. But that's not how things work in God. There, there is a real... If, listen, if God told us, I give you authority on earth, right? And he told them, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Whose disciples were those people? Well, I'll answer for you. They were Jesus' disciples. But who did they answer to? They answered to the apostles. We know that's the truth because all of the epistles were written to churches. If the, if the churches weren't listening to the apostles, they wouldn't read the epistles. I know I'm losing some of you. But you, you, you got you to gotta stay with me because this is so important. Because when you talk like this, the devil hates it. The reason the devil hates it is because he is the original rebel. He looked at God and said, I will be higher than him. That was his sin. His sin was wanting to usurp authority. And so when you have people who are operating in rebellion in the body of Christ, the Bible says it is as witchcraft. It's not nice. It's not something to treat lightly. It is something that is a sickness that can infect the body and you have to rebuke it and you have to tell it where to go and how to be dealt with. Now, how many of you have ever had one of your children come home and they were hanging out with somebody and something got on them. I mean, you know, uh, you were like, what happened? You, you caught crazy and you about to catch some crazy from me. Uh, they came home after being under the influence of others. And when they came home, they, they back talked, they, they spoke out of turn. They said something they've never said before to you. And you knew that that influence had gotten on them. Well, see, that's the same thing about rebellion from the enemy. The devil will try to get you and I to be rebellious against our area of authority. See, God will not, God will not explain himself. He will just tell you what to do. And if you do it, you'll have the blessing of it. And if you don't do it, you won't. Well, the same thing is true with delegated authority. If God has set some in the church and you know that you are in a specific group, say you're in the Navy SEALs and you know who you report to. Well, your, your person who, what, what is the, the leader over the Navy SEALs called? Commander? What is it? What would it be called? Anybody know? Anybody Navy SEAL? Admiral? Okay, so if the admiral told you what to do, would you ask him? Well, I don't exactly think that that's the greatest idea. Have you uh, thought about all of the options? No. How many of you know you don't do that? You just, what the admiral says, you do. And the reason for that is because the Navy SEALs are not the entirety of the military. They're just one section of the military. And if they go out of sync, if they go out off mission, if they go rogue, it affects the entirety of the mission. Now, how many of you can see that if the body of Christ is like a body and God gave us diversities of giftings, 
then there has to be a synchronicity, a synchronization of the way that we work together. And that's where our authority comes from. Our authority comes from the confidence of knowing that we are in the right slot for our gift, that we are doing the right thing, that we are being respectful to the people God sent us. That we are receiving a righteous man or receiving a prophet or receiving that gift in the right way. Now, many people don't have the faith to do this because they have too much faith built in the flaws of man. And not enough faith built in God's ability to heal and to empower and to uh, authorize man. Now, you you have to just get this straight. Uh, uh, when God gives someone authority, you know what? I'm not going to go there. That's it. Go there. When God gives, when God gives someone authority, right? That authority is not their authority. It's God's authority. So when you receive that from them, you are not worshiping the person who who has delegated the authority. You are just operating as the right member of the body at that time. And do you know that even if your leader in the church is not perfect, their authority will still be perfect because it was given to them by God? You say, well, where do you get that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because this is important. Because how many of you know if you get in a prayer line and, and God delegates somebody to minister to you that you don't like, you're not going to get anything. You won't get anything. You will get in that prayer line. You, you'll get a handprint on your head or whatever. But you're not going to receive anything. It could be a tiny, but see, you have to know, we have to know that when we receive from who God sends us, we are receiving God because God said, if you receive who I send to you, you receive me. Didn't he say to the apostles, if they don't receive you, they're rejecting me. Didn't he say that? And so we've got to know that's what authority is. Authority is not based on whether or not an individual is perfect. See, obedience is perfection. If you wait till you are some pristine statue of perfection, you'll never get there. But if you recognize that obedience in the now is perfection, oh, that's easy. I can do that. I can be accurate in God. I can say yes to God. Hallelujah. And so I'm just going to give you one, one example, but in, in the word of God, um, Samuel was given to the, the priest and, and the house there. And uh, that the, the house was not in order. That house was not in order. It, that was nothing like the apostolic global church. The priest and his sons were horrible. They were terrible. But Samuel did everything he did as under the Lord. And that... Uh, uh, and, and so when he heard the voice of the Lord, that priest gave him the right, the right advice. The next time you hear the voice of the Lord say, here am I Lord. Now with Samuel in that house, 
Did Samuel respect the authority in that house? He sure did. But did God bless him? Why? Because he did what he was supposed to do at that moment. Now, fortunately, we are not in Samuel's case. Our mother did not give us into a house of uh, lasciviousness and uh, everything. But you are in, in a body of Christ that's holy, that's acceptable. And so if your faith is not in God, then you won't be able to receive delegated authority because you'll have an excuse about everything. And, and this is just not how, it's not how it works. Was that too much or did you get that? And so in Matthew in chapter 16, Jesus said to the disciples, And someone said, well, why is that important, Pastor Christy? Well, that's important because when God is using men and women to declare the word to you, to us, if we take that word and we think it's the word of men, then we won't receive the blessing of God's word. If we get prayer and we think it's just the prayer of men, then we won't get the outcome of the prayer of Jesus. But if we know that the gifts God sends are sent with his power to back them up, if we recognize that our perfection, our perfection is based on our willingness to say yes to God in the now, there's no more perfect than saying yes to God. How can you get more perfect than acceptable to God? Faith, what? Pleases God. If I please God, I'm perfect. Now, I know that bothers some people, but you got to know. See, this is the problem. If that bothers you, it's because your perfection is not through the eyes of God. It's through the eyes of man. And the acknowledgement that you want is not from God, it's from man. See, my perfection is when God looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. That is, that's my mountaintop. That's where I would like to be every day of my life. I would like God to look at me and say, my goodness, that woman is faithful. That woman says yes every time I call. That woman answers. That woman is available. That woman says, here I am, Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. See, that's perfection to me. I don't care what anybody else thinks of me. If God says I am well-pleasing to him, that is 100% perfection in my eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so if, if we uh, recognize that, hallelujah. So in Matthew in chapter 16, Jesus told Peter, blessed art thou in verse 17, Matthew 16, 17. When you're there, say, I'm there. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. 
So who is building the church? Who is? Who is? Shout that name. So the church is not uh, manufactured by man. It's manufactured by the God man. (laughs) Jesus is the word become flesh. So he said he would build the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many of you see that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church? That's why you got to be part of the church. You got to be plugged into the church. Because the church is God's habitation. The church is God's fortress. The church, and I'm not talking about a church building. I'm talking about the church. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think you should come to a church building. I do think that. Because I think that if I had, if I had a husband and he was like, I'm your husband, but I'm never going to come home, then I would be like, um... I'm not going to go any further with that analogy because it gets dark real quick. <laughs> How many of you know you shouldn't tell family, hey, we should, we should get together sometime? You know, if your family, with, I'm not talking about just flesh and blood. I'm talking about real family. You know what I mean? Real family is different. Flesh and blood, we love you. We'll see you once a year. But if it's family, 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 hallelujah. The family of God, you can't stay away. Hallelujah. And so, how many of you are with me? So, Matthew chapter 16. And, and so, he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever. Now, who's he talking to? That's right. He's talking to Peter. He's talking to the, the, the church through Peter. He's talking to those that will come after him. He's saying, I'm going to deliver the keys to the church. Wow. How many of you know that you don't give your son the keys unless you think he's able to handle the car? Well, how many of you know Jesus thought that the church was able to handle these keys? And most people are like, I don't want the keys. Take them back. <laughs> you think that's funny, but most people don't, don't want to keep the keys. They don't want to believe that they have the keys. They want God to have the keys. They pray God do something. All right. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That means whatsoever you forbid on earth is forbidden in heaven. That's the Weymouth. It says whatsoever you allow on earth will be permitted. My goodness. Whatever you allow on earth will be permitted. That's a lot of authority. Just close your eyes and just let that sink in a little bit. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It's the kind of authority that the church has. This is why the enemy fights the church so much. 
That's why people say, I don't believe in organized religion. Now, if you've said that before, I'm sure what you meant was, I don't believe in dead religion. But that's different than organized. See, because if you have a body that's not organized, you have a problem. If you have a household that's not organized, you have a problem. If you have a military force that's not organized, you have a problem. If you have a, 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 a building that's not organized, you've got a problem. And that is what God used to describe his church. He said, a body, a building, hallelujah. And so God is not building a fearful, hiding cave-dwelling church. We have already done that. We have already dwelt in caves. We have already dwelt from house to house. We have already done all that. But what God is building, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a small seed that a man planted. And when that seed grows, it creates a big, big, big tree that's so large that the, the birds of the air come and dwell in its branches. How many of you know that's a big church? That's a powerful church. That's a strong church. Why would God come in all his authority if he wanted to plant and build a church without authority? How many of you see that this is not just something that's extra? This is something that's incredibly important. See, if we don't know that God has given us authority on earth, then we will live subject to earth. Instead of ruling and reigning as kings and priests on earth. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.